Jesus once said that he came for the lost sheep of Israel. In Israel today, about 99.7% reject Jesus as the Messiah. This sermon <coughs> is for everybody, but it's especially dedicated to the Jews and the Israelites um, around the world that have lost and lost the nature of the Messiah. For Matthew 23:13, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from uh, from people. For you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow these who are entering in. Nearly after 2000 years, when we look at history, Jesus or Yeshua this message has spread throughout the world as the Messiah and the Savior under his blood and sacrifice for the atonement of the world's sins. When we look into this, we go into the Messianic prophecies. The, uh, the Rabbinic uh, Hashanah or the Jewish tradition, Jesus is a false prophet um, that led people astray. During the Rab Rabbinic Talmud, tries to wipe out Jesus as Messiah. Uh, Trectagrinitin, uh, I could be pronouncing that wrong, but... In the Talmud, it meant a it, which it was a fable written a hundred years, hundreds of years after Jesus, and it was conjured up to state he was a false prophet. So I ask you, don't disobey. Uh, it basically told you, don't disobey the rabbis, or you will burn in hell with an excrement. In Isaiah, we're going to look into the Old Testament, and we're going to verify some things here. In Isaiah, chapters 44 and 45 of Isaiah, it was written around 700 B.C. He prophesied and mentioned Cyrus by name, and said Cyrus would allow him to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. All this before Cyrus was even born. 586, Jerusalem was conquered by the Babylonians and later the Persians. King Cyrus of Persia um, issued a decree to rebuild the city and temple. Same way the Old Testament issues prophecies about the Messiah's nature and identity to help his people recognize him. Another type of prophecy in the Bible is uh, used in the Bible is parallelism now parallelism is something that I am very familiar with something that I use to identify the truth from the fiction and I use this with not just the Bible but with other religious documents and the reason why is because when people try to establish a false connection in Christianity, I can show them 
the parallelism in Christianity versus the contradictions in other religions. Let's examine the Messiah. In 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles, uh, it, it states, It must be a descendant of David, and Jesus the mother comes from the house of David. Micah 5 predicts that the birthplace of the Messiah is in Bethlehem, where he was born. Daniel 9, the Messiah will come before the destruction of the second temple and on the 14th of Nisan, uh, which is April, he was crucified. So April 14th, Jesus was crucified according to the Hebrew calendar. Uh, Isaiah 7 explains the birth uh, would be supernatural from a virgin. The New Testament describes the exact same from Miriam or Mary uh, as the virgin mother. Daniel 7, Isaiah 9, and Zechariah 12, the nature of the Messiah would be like the nature of God himself, the embodiment of God to mankind, and Jesus is the Son of God. Similar to the character Metatron, who was mentioned hundreds of years later in the Jewish mysticism uh, and the Zohar. Uh, just so you know, Metatron has actually been par uh, paralleled in, um, as either Michael the Archangel or Enoch. After his ascension to heaven, he became an angel-type person um, or a supernatural deity named Metatron. Um, Zechariah 9. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Zechariah 9 states the Messiah will enter Jerusalem on a donkey. This teaches us the Messiah will, won't will be well-born, uh, well famous, um, or have a lot of wealth. Isaiah 35, uh, as well as other Old Testament prophecies, the Messiah will cure incurable diseases, open the eyes to the blind, heal the disabled, cleanse the lepers, Open the ears of the deaf, unbind the tongues of the mute, exercise demons, and even resurrect the dead. Rabbis accuse Jesus as satanic and say that it's sorcery. Um, Rabbi Daniel Asur stated uh, that he was satanic and this is the only reason why Jesus could perform these kind of miracles. As we look in Matthew uh, 12, 25-26, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. Now I want you to parallel that as I and the Father are one. In this verse, he's explaining that, essentially... If you're going to have a kingdom rise against a kingdom, the kingdom will be divided. So you can't have a kingdom against itself. So if Jesus is satanic, he can't be against himself. And he already disassembled himself from Satan. He said, depart, Satan. 
So when we look at that, we say, we see, I and the Father are one, therefore justifying the parallelism between the kingdom not being divided against itself. you got Jesus and the Father as one, not going against each other, versus Satan is trying to destroy that. Isaiah 53 and Psalms 22 The Messiah will be rejected by his own people. This goes to the Gentiles as uh, this will also go to goes to the Gentiles as Jonah has difficulties letting God help his enemies, but shows that God is for the world and not just Israel. Now that that is a big concept considering a lot of the Jews because they are the covenant people. They look at a lot of things in a specific manner. They see that this covenant was founded for them. What they're missing is that Jonah was supposed to go help the, uh, the people of Nineveh. God has helped every nation, numerous nations, all the time. The Jewish people, the Israelites themselves, were his, is his chosen people. But they literally rejected him because they were following scribes and, uh, and Pharisees. Um, rabbis that w cared more about their own well-being than the beings that they're preaching to. About the kingdom of heaven, about God. They were honoring their own traditions. Psalms 22, Isaiah 53, and Zechariah 12. People of Israel will pierce him, and it, uh, and as stated, it happened. Three prophecies that are definitely um, set about Jesus that were 100% fulfilled was he is going to be Jewish, he was born in Bethlehem, and he would die around 32 A.D. The prophecies, those three, have been fulfilled. Everything else I read were prophecies that are fulfilled, but, again, people just don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, the prophecy of the crucified Messiah. Psalms 22, probably the most famous psalm about the Messiah. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27:46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God and the Messiah are connected to each other. The psalm tells us that God had to separate from the Messiah. So as he dies, he can take on the sins of Israel and all mankind upon himself. So how does that work? When God gave birth to Jesus or Yeshua, part of his spirit went into Mary. When Mary was gave birth to Jesus, he was divine and human. He had to give up the divinity on the cross, and he felt forsaken by his father, because his father had to depart from him. So the sins of the world would carry into him, and he would become the sacrificial lamb.
Psalms 22. I'm going to go through the whole thing right here. Um, so 1 through 5, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, trusted, and you deliver them. To you they cried and were re restored, rescued. Sorry. In you they are trusted, and they were not put to shame. This reminds us that God has already saved our fathers who carried to him, who cried to him. And that means that he has the capability of saving anyone. But he chooses not to save the Messiah. He chooses not to save his own son for a special reason. Psalms 22, 6 through 8. But I, am a uh, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by all the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver. Uh, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. These verses parallel the scorn and hate towards the Messiah by all around him, who merely saw him as something harmful that they must get rid of. Psalm 22, 9 through 11. Yet you are he who took from me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. But not far from me, for the trouble is near, and there is none to help. The story of Joseph explains his brothers mock him, hated him, tossed him in a pit, and he was rejected by his own people and delivered to the hands of the Gentiles. Presumed dead, forgotten. Meanwhile, the Gentiles welcomed him, and he became a great, important leader. The story ends with Joseph becoming welcomed by his own people, and Jesus will eventually be welcomed by his own people again. This is the day that we are waiting for. The day that Jesus returns. Israel will look up to him, and we will see as Israel and the Gentiles, the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people together uniting, and hopefully the rest of the world uniting under his leadership and his worship and his grace and his loving embrace from him and through his father and everything that has happened, we will have him. Psalms 22, 12 through 15. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bushan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like, like a raving and roaring lions. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like the wax. It melted within my breast. It, my strength is dried up like a potsherd. And the and tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me to the do, uh, you lay me to the dust of death. In the eighth century, 
Pesquita Rabba um, reflects this verse as the lips of the stuttering Messiah. Midrash explains David describing the suffering and death of the future Messiah, son of David, as evil surrounded him. As it continues, like a, uh, for dogs encompass me, a company of evil doers encircles me, like a lion are my hands and feet. The interesting part is a thousand years ago, the Masoretes who made the Masoretic texts, um, that all Israel, uh, Israelis use today change one letter in the verse. The Dead Sea Scrolls is Vav, uh, and the Masoretic text is Yud. Basically, it was originally supposed to mean pierce instead of pause like a lion, but, you know. The Dead Sea Scrolls were written about 1,200 years prior to the Masoretic text, and the ancient versions of the Septuagint, or the Dead Sea Scrolls, will notice the difference. Jesus called the scribes and the Pharisees hypocrites, and we can see why at this point. Jewish sages on, Palm, on Psalms 22 confirm that it's a Messiah prophecy. Rashi explains verse 27 as a time of redemption to the days of the Messiah. So why am I bringing this up? The Old Testament has verified in numerous accounts, and I will continue bringing the Old Testament prophecies to light for you. Um, as studying goes from an apologist named uh, Eaton Barr, <clears throat> an Israeli scholar uh, from the ancient and um, uh, from the ancient Hebrew texts and everything. He has also worked with the ministry that I partner with, One for Israel, and he is a very, very intelligent man. But when it comes down to intelligence and it comes down to truth, there's very different things. Eaton Barr, I believe, does explain a lot of truths in a lot of his stuff. And what I want to explain is the truths that are in these texts, that are in the Old Testament, that will explain the entire prophecies of the Messiah. For the people that are neglected or ignorant to the Messiah, you have to understand that one man stood up for Israel. He stood up and went out he challenged your, the religious authorities. He went against your ruling. He kept moving forward. He kept doing what he needed to do. Whether he was being persecuted, chastised, ridiculed, and hated among his own brethren, tossed out of synagogues, in which case still performing miracles and healing the people that he really didn't have to because of the way he was being treated. He did what he could out of the goodness of his heart.
Jesus is literally, or Yeshua, is the Son of God, the one and promised Messiah that you guys believe came to be a warlord. But the beauty of it is he came and he already took out the Roman Empire. Not by his own hands, but by his own faith. He came in and the apostles looked at him. They spread out. They martyred themselves to keep the faith going. That faith spread. The faith kept spreading and spreading and spreading up until 300 AD until the Catholic Church decided, hey, we're going to try to take control of this because we can't stop it. It's too powerful. So we're going to control it. Now I'm asking you to not let certain aspects of certain denominations control you, but take the faith itself. Take the truth of what it is and let that shape you. In Yeshua or Jesus, let it shape you into the person you wish to be, the person you want to be. And on top of that, accept him as your Lord and your Savior because he did everything for you. He sacrificed himself for you. And God even allowed it. And within him being allowed to do that, he was resurrected on the third day. And after he was resurrected, he stood, ascended to heaven, gave the Pentecost or the Holy Spirit up to the apostles to spread throughout the nations. And what do we see now? Christianity as the number one popular religion in the world. <clears throat> so when we look at the religions in the world and we see parallels and stuff, just remember, Satan also knows the scriptures and he wants to parallel everything to other religions. The difference between it is personal account personal witness, eyewitness testimonies within the uh, official manuscripts that came with the Bible, the letters of Paul, and before anything else, 12 people who would leave their friends, their family, their loved ones to follow a person that they didn't even know witness things that they'd never believe. Why would they martyr themselves for no reason? In this reaction, what I'm going to do is, uh, if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, or Yeshua HaMashiach, uh, you can go down to uh, the sinner's prayer on the thing. You can recite it and, you know, after you recite it, I, I pray and I wish that you guys will continue to follow his teachings and his love and his grace. God bless you all. Good night.